We are in week five of the Lenten homily series and the theme of this Sunday is real community. But we'll get to that later because in order to understand the significance of today's gospel to it, we need to understand what's happening in the gospel. As I've always said, the gospel of John is the denser of the four gospels that we have. And the important aspect of John's gospel is that he always uses symbols. So there is one thing that is said with what is written, but we always have to read below that. There is always a deeper meaning that John is expecting the readers to really look into and to see the passage from that perspective too. Now, this is really one of those even more dense gospels because each word, each interaction of Jesus has value. And if we take everything and try to understand it, most likely we're going to be overwhelmed with the content and overwhelmed with the symbolism. So I'm going to focus just on one of the most important themes in the Gospel of John, and we see it very clearly in today's Gospel, and that is eternal life. So to understand this theme, let us try to understand what eternal life is. When John talks about eternal life, he is not talking about everlasting life. He is not talking about a life that will never come to an end. We tend to mix up the two and assume that both eternal and everlasting is the same. But for John, eternal life means life in another form. And that is why for John, eternal life is something that we can experience while we are still alive. And a lot of that is seen in the first reading and the second reading too. So when you have Jesus saying, you know, the person is not seeing the light and therefore that person is stumbling, is because that person is not connecting with eternal life. The same thing with St. Paul when he says, the body is dead because of sin and the spirit is what allows the body to come alive. It's again pointing to eternal life. So in other words, what we're looking at when we talk about eternal life is that it is the life-giving principle in each one of us. And that life-giving principle is simply the Spirit of God at work and alive in us. And that is what eternal life is all about for John, and that is why he's always saying, believe in Christ, believe in Christ, because when we believe in Christ, we will believe in his presence in us. And if we believe in his presence in us, that means we are called automatically by believing in his presence in us to believe in eternal life. So when we take today's gospel, when we have the resurrection of Lazarus, but in real terms, it's the resuscitation of Lazarus because Lazarus, Lazarus will die again. So what we are seeing happening now is, this is an important theme for two reasons. When we have the, the resuscitation of Lazarus, Jesus is foreshadowing what will happen at his own resurrection. And his resurrection is possible because of God's presence in his life. And that's the second theme. He wanted to show people that even though they are physically dead, the Spirit of God is still alive in them. So what he's doing by resuscitating Lazarus is he's getting in touch with that eternal life principle in him and using that to bring him back to life. So in other words, when we say Jesus died for us to show us that death has no power over us, it simply means death has no power over that life force that exists in us because that life force is the Spirit of God. 
And then we have the next part of it, which is the stone being rolled away. This itself has a lot of significance because physically Lazarus is dead. So they had to take the stone away. But in this case, he could have easily performed the miracle and then had the stone removed. But that would have beat the purpose, as we would say, because he wanted them to kind of experience the physical effects of that death. So from the stench, they would know that Lazarus is dead. And now that they know that Lazarus is dead and if Jesus is able to resuscitate him, then they will believe in him. They will believe that there is something greater at work in each one of us, and that is seen in and through the life of Jesus. But then what is the significance for our own lives? When we talk about rolling the stone away, there is the symbolism also attached to it. And the rolling the stone away points to the possibility of brokenness in our lives, the possibility of us not being in touch with eternal life. And that is the most important call to see what do we need to do to, to roll the stone away. Because for that interaction to happen, for the resuscitation to happen, Jesus was virtually face to face with Lazarus. The stone is removed. There is nothing blocking Jesus and Lazarus. And that interaction allows Jesus to perform the miracle. And I think for all of us, we need that experience of Jesus in our lives. And Lent is a time given to us for us to experience this. So by experiencing this, we are able to in, get in touch with the eternal life principle that is at work in each one of us. And therefore, the symbolism again is not just the physical death that we're called to see, but the spiritual death that we can experience in life. And that happens when we're still alive. We can be virtually dead and that is where all the readings point to that, especially the gospel. It's like we can be so dead that we fail to see God in our lives. And if we don't see God in our lives, we cannot see God within us and get in touch with that eternal life principle. The theme, as I mentioned, is real community. And it's about how do we use community to do two things. One is to get in touch with our own selves, to get in touch with who we are, get in touch with the eternal life principle at work in us. And the second is how do we use that to be of service to others? Because we can either be like Lazarus and need Jesus, that is the first part of our interaction with him during Lent. And the second is how can we be like Jesus to other people like Jesus was to Lazarus? How do we allow ourselves to experience this eternal life and through that experience, share it with others? And there are different ways in which we can do that. And I would like to end with my own personal example of this to help us understand how this eternal life principle can work and it can really bring out the best in people. My profession is counseling. And this past year, as part of my training, I have been doing my internship. And this is also an experience that I've had even before coming here. Is when people are sitting before me, sometimes there are people who are broken. People who are literally battered by life, shattered by life, etc. And you can actually see their whole aura of themselves is very low. It's like you can sense certain brokenness, certain death already alive in them. But as the sessions go on, as the interactions go on, life begins to enter them. They smile more. They're able to see life in a very hopeful way. They're able to experience life in so much of joy and power. And that, my dear friends, is eternal life. It's when they're able to come out of themselves and see things in a much brighter way. That is the life principle at work in them. And it's impossible only for them to be experiencing this and me to experience nothing. Because seeing them is what taps the eternal life in me too. 
There is joy when I see that person smile. There is joy when I see the person being so hopeful in life and seeing the change that has happened in their lives. And that's what happens when we're talking about eternal life and working for the mission of Christ. It is always a mutual give and take. We cannot be there for somebody and not experience that joy ourselves. And therefore, the call of today is simply to be able to understand what do we need to do to open ourselves to Christ in order that we can experience Him and experience the eternal life in us and use that to be of service to others through who we are and what we do. Amen.